0: Heavenly Father, we we come before you and we thank you for another privilege to be able to look at your word. And God, we just ask that you would be our teacher and that we would enjoy this class, that we would wrestle with this material and the questions that we're going to ask, and that, Father, that you would equip us today and strengthen our faith as a result. Your word is powerful It is spoken from your mouth, and it will endure forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so today, again, as I mentioned, we are going to be talking about the concept of textual criticism. Textual criticism. Here's what I'm going to have you guys do. I want you to gather, everybody gather around this table. Gather around the table, everybody. And before me is a, pu- guys, before me is a puzzle that you are all going to participate in putting together. Hang on. I didn't say to go. You're all going to participate in putting together at least one puzzle piece. All of you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. And we'll, we'll allow you, Miss Laura, that you don't have to come up here. So, nine, and there are probably 25, 20, 20 to 25 pieces. Okay, now, this is a map of the state of Florida surrounded by a body of water. And so, I'm just going to encourage you, just go around the table, starting with Daniel then Marielle, Hosanna, and I want you guys to put one piece, and we're just going to keep going around the, the room, one puzzle piece in, okay? Go ahead. <laughs> okay, good. You guys, all right, generally start with the corners. That's what I do. Corners and borders, that's what I do. Who's next? Yeah, that was you are, Victoria. Thing. Here you go. Okay. We have connected a piece. Okay. <laughs> Good. Job. Samuel. Okay. Samuel. Come on, see Samuel. see we can get New Come on, Sammy. Guys, go, 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 can get New Come on, Sammy. Go, go, go. Sammy. Or I will go for you. Oh, okay. Stop. Bro. It's, it's not right. a race. Okay. Make a way, Daniel. Yes, it needs to be. Make a way. Guys, Samuel, just pick up one. Okay. So, Sammy, if you could go back to your place. that. Okay. Peter. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Interesting. That doesn't go there. Peter. No, nope, Peter. Thank you. We're okay. So, Peter. Try again with something different. You know, if you look for the flat-edged ones, that's a good place to start. I didn't ask you to do that. Okay, that's very. Does that go there? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's it. So look ahead when it's your turn. Look at a couple of pieces. Think where they would go. I knew she would. <laughs> I feel like Florida. Cool. Florida! Somebody yeah, please connect we're to we're me. Oh, wait, so I am all alone. Oh, it's so my go? Yeah, yeah. It, it is. is! Oh my god, that did was she, she, go you! No. Turn, is it my go now? No! Whose turn it? Yay, at least. Yeah, yeah well, that one. Well, well, right, 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 yeah, You're welcome. Yeah, somebody there you go. Okay, and Hillel's turn. Get the big piece and put it. Oh wow. I just.
1: No, that's not right. right. No. Uh. Oh, Sorry.
0: No, we're not helping. We're not helping. Shh, shh, hey, hey, not helping. I'm not. It doesn't go there. I bet you if you picked up a piece, Hillel, you would be able to find where it goes. You'd be able to figure out where it goes. Because the puzzle piece has only eight more pieces left to be put in. There you go. Okay. That works. Knew it. Okay. Marvelous. Okay. Peter. Okay. Peter. Seriously, at this point, you could pick up any piece. There you go. That fits great. Okay. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> Mario, pick up that one for the uh-huh. one. Yes, she, I literally let her. I'll be so shocked if I it. Okay. She did Okay, marvelous. Miss <laughs> Laura, so you can see, they did a wonderful job. Yay! A 25-piece puzzle set. Okay, you guys have a seat. Wow, I feel so pumped. all right i have in my hands two puzzle pieces that will relate to the lesson today in my left because there are two words that were used samuel i need you to put that down and i need you to pick up a piece of paper to take notes okay otherwise your mom is going to ask me pastor mike why did you let my son draw in red ink all over his hand and i don't want her to ask me that black with a red oh okay there are two words very important words that a detective must know and understand when he is detectiving or detecting or doing his thing you know what i mean (laughs) in my left hand is a piece of the puzzle it is it shows the saint john's river orlando and daytona beach And a little bit of Cape Canaveral, at least the words to Cape Canaveral. This is called evidence. It goes to the crime scene. When someone walks into the crime scene, it is generally, the police have already done it, it's generally marked off by caution tape, yellow caution tape. All right. How many of you have ever seen that on a TV show? All right. It can, it can be over a door so that means you can't even enter this door if you cross the line what happens to you you get arrested arrested. that's right and why would you get arrested for just stepping on the other line of a yellow piece of caution tape hello important important evidence that cannot be messed with okay evidence whoops evidence (laughs) no evidence You cannot tamper the evidence. You could plant evidence that could lead to the conviction of someone else as the criminal. Or you could, if you're the criminal, maybe you would come back to the scene of the crime and remove some of your evidence. So they want to make sure that that area is secured and that they gather any pertinent evidence. However, Many times when someone is hurt, injured, killed, medics arrive there first, and medics leave a lot of paraphernalia around. Um, bandages, wrappers from the bandages, uh, things such as this. I have in my right hand the state of Mississippi. How does this fit in with our puzzle? It doesn't, it doesn't. has nothing to do with our evidence our puzzle what does he call this artifact Artifact. there we go artifact and so as a result we have evidence on the one hand and artifacts on the other evidence is important artifacts are not artifacts can sometimes be confused with the evidence which is in some ways what I tried to do with you. That's why, H- Hosea, I didn't want you to pull it out. But that is what a detective will do. They'll walk around and they'll discard the bandages and the wrappings, its needles, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that they know was left there by the paramedics. There are sometimes artifacts that are in that enclosed area, and they have to make a tougher choice: is this part of the evidence or? Is it not And there's actually some questions that he asks to discern whether it's an e- piece of evidence or whether it's an artifact. Let me ask you this now I mean that's that's some cool stuff and I hope that the exercise with the puzzle was fun it was rather simple I think we can understand I purposely added what one two three four five six of 10, 12, puzzle pieces that did not belong to this and you quickly caught on that they didn't belong for a couple of reasons. Number one, they had things like Mississippi or some other state on them. And all of you, since you know the state of Florida pretty well, know that those states don't belong in the state of Florida. Number two, they're a different size. Number three, a little bit of a different color. And number four, if you looked at the board in which you put the puzzle pieces, you could actually see an outline of all the puzzle pieces. So they were large and they were not small, like these. So there are certain things that you could tell immediately. Those over there are the artifacts, and these big pieces that you all put in so well is the evidence. What does this, though, have to do with the chapter that we read? What's the evidence and what's the artifact? this is i guess kind of a test question if you've read the chapter now you may not have understood the chapter too well that's that's okay i, I think by the end of the day today you will tora are you asking the you asking the story okay. okay. yes so i he gave us an illustration the illustrat- I, I gave you an illustration of the puzzle piece being evidence and this puzzle being artifacts But when we come to the Bible, there's evidence and then there's artifacts. And he explained what's the evidence and what's the artifacts that we're looking for. What is that that he points out to us? Maybe it's easier to answer the question, what are the artifacts, the things that don't belong? Didn't he say something about when the angel touched the water? That was an artifact because it just wasn't properly placed there it just had okay. no logical reasons all right that was an example that he used he used about a half dozen examples of artifacts all right someone else want to add to that to round out our understanding hello do you want to give it a shot Wait, just, say another example. Uh, just explaining what an artifact as far as the chapter goes what was an artifact to him explain what that is how it relates You want to think about it some more Maybe. okay laura um it's the scriptures that didn't show up until later manuscripts okay all right did you guys follow what miss laura said okay good now this can be done by what they call textual criticism that doesn't mean being critical wow i don't like that verse and i don't like that verse that's not what he he means by criticism and that's not what i mean textual means having to do with the text criticism meanings means analyzing it okay so i want you all to turn in your bibles to john chapter eight john chapter eight John chapter 8. We're actually going to start with John chapter 7, verse 53. Does anybody have a little note in their Bibles just before John seven fifty-three? Anybody? A note in their Bibles? Okay, that, that's fine. It's a Bible. You do. just read out loud what it says. Uh, the earliest and most reliable manuscripts and other ancient witnesses do not have John seven verse and 8 8 verse, 11. verse eleven. Okay. That's what I want us to talk about today. There's another passage we're gonna look at, but the, this is the woman caught in adultery. Now, does anybody have a King James Version? I have a new King James Version. Right here? Does it have any, does it say anything before that? Okay. Let me explain to you, and I'm going to keep this as simple as possible. Okay. The reason why the King James does not do this. The King James is one of the oldest versions of the Bible in English. Uh, The oldest version would, well, it, it would go back, I guess, to Wycliffe and but the Geneva Bible is another. That's the one that Calvin used. Um, but the King James was not translated into English from the Greek or, and Hebrew into the English until 1611. They relied very heavily on Biza's work. Biza relied really heavily on Erasmus. Now here's the problem. Erasmus was asked by the pope to put together a version of the Bible from the Greek into their language and er, Hebrew and, and Greek. He had a very he did not have much time to do it. He said I need to gather more manuscripts. He was not permitted So with the limited number of manuscripts that he had, which, by the way, did not include the last few verses of the book of Revelation, so he did not translate it from the Greek. He went back to Jerome's Vulgate, 400 plus AD. So he then translated it. There's another verse we're going to look at that was not in these Greek manuscripts, that he had, and he, the Pope asked him why it's not in there, and he said, you just show me one Greek manuscript that even has these this verse in it, and I'll put it in it, but there aren't any, even though it was in some of the other translations, but not the Greek. So it took a while, but the Pope produced one manuscript, and there's questions about that, and so he was obligated to put it in. Biza then took this, did some work with it. I'm keeping this short. Those who translated then what was called the received text, that's what Erasmus handed down, if you will, to Biza, who then handed down, didn't exactly go that way, but then the King James translators used it. Uh, My understanding is about 70 plus or more percent of the King James is based on the received text. It's probably even more than that. The problem then is that King James included this passage. And so since then, it has just been in all of our Bibles. But this is found in only one version in the Greek around, what? excuse me, not in the Greek. It is the earliest Greek, I think, is about 900 A.D., It is found in Jerome, Jerome's writings in the Vulgate, in St. Augustine. This is in the 400s and then nowhere else. We have manuscripts of the Gospels that date back to 200. It's not in that one. That date back to the early 200s. It's not in that one. We have another, it's not just the Gospels, but it's the entire Bible. It dates back to the 300s. It's not in that one. Another entire Bible, Greek, excuse me, New Testament, it's not in that one. And so the evidence is overwhelmingly in favor of this not belonging here. As a matter of fact, one manuscript, old manuscript, not dating back to the dates I just gave you, puts it right after... John 7, I think it's verse 34. Another one puts it after a passage in Luke 21. Another in another place in John. Another in another place in Luke. And it's found in numerous places. Okay? So textual criticism means we go back to the earliest manuscripts and we say, what is the original manuscript. What did Luke actually write? What did John actually write? And that's what textual criticism does. What did the the original authors write? Because here's the truth, we don't have any of the original manuscripts. Now, I don't want any of this to shake your faith or anything, because this is what we find in every book ever, ever written, Okay, especially during that time. It was written on papyrus uh, vellum that eventually just wears out you have to make copies of it okay so we're gonna talk about the Iliad and and some of these other ancient works to compare but no ancient work do we have any of the original manuscripts we don't all right so our job in textual criticism is to find out well what was actually written now here's the importance of this that we're talking about and at as a skeptic he says this skeptics have pointed to passages like these like the john chapter 8 one in an effort to demonstrate the unreliability of the biblical text as an eyewitness account if these lines are fiction How many more verses are also false? When I was an atheist, this was one of my prime complaints about the Bible. So just to give you some perspective, I'm a skeptic. I pick up the Bible. I do a little bit of my own personal research in the Greek, and I discover, what? This passage in John isn't found in the most ancient and most reliable manuscripts that we have. However, the reason why the King James Version included it is because it was found in some Greek manuscripts that got copied in what we're going to call the the Byzantine tradition. That's what I'll call it. And so there's a a line of texts that are copied over and over. And so the argument is because they were the most used texts, And this was in it that's what we should go with but it's not in the oldest all right so the King James version then says whatever is in the King James that's what we go with now I'm not sure if you followed all of that it's it's whole it's actually a whole lot deeper and more complicated than what I explained to you but most of the versions the one in 200 and the early 200s and 300s and the whole Bible, whole New Testament in the 400s, what they call the Sinaiticus and Vaticanus manuscripts, they were not available at this time. They were discovered later. So many of these recent, many of these ancient manuscripts have been discovered in monasteries and so on uh, in the last 200 years or so. And so the NASB, RSV, NIV, those translators had those manuscripts available to them and they did their textual criticism and they just said, you know what, so that you know, um, John 8 is not in the oldest manuscripts, but here's the thing. When we look at it, we realize this actually is something that Jesus would do. This to include it does not introduce any new teaching. It does not undermine any major teaching in the Bible. It may actually be a legitimate passage that was written but was misplaced. We just don't know. Okay? Now, I'm going to get to the reason why it should not undermine our faith at all in just a little bit. Okay. I want to kind of work through this hard stuff in the beginning before we we do that. So I want you now to turn to Mark chapter 16. Let's look at another example. Mark 16. again the John 8 passage this mark 16 passage these are artifacts now I have a Greek Bible and it does the textual criticism and it has little notes and at the and then then there's a just like you would read you can see my Bible right here there is a line right here and then the footnotes are underneath Okay, that's the way most footnotes are done. There's a line and then the footnotes underneath. In this Greek Bible, the footnotes will talk about the John 8 passage, the Mark 16 passage. And it will give a letter that assigns the, the strength of or the certainty of what we know. For example, that John 8 and Mark 16 probably were not in the original manuscripts. They assign the letter A to both of these. And the letter A means we are almost completely certain. Okay? So what I'm sharing with you, these are the two largest passages. The others are generally a verse or two. Okay? And there's not very many of those. But it goes back to the fact that we, as an English-speaking people, relied very heavily on the King James. And the King James did include this. They did include all of these passages. If I were reading a Bible from the 800s, I probably would not have these. 600s, 500s, I wouldn't have these. Okay? Now, Mark 16, starting with verse 9. Does anybody have a comment before verse 9? You do? What does it say? Daniel? The most reliable early manuscripts and other ancient witnesses do do not have Mark 16, 20. Okay. Now, most ancient manuscripts and witnesses. The witnesses were the early church fathers who would quote these passages and none of them quoted from it. Actually, Mark 16 comes much later. It, It was added several hundred years after Mark actually wrote this. Now, The problem that we have is that it is a little odd for Mark to end his gospel at verse 8. I want you to just quickly scan through Mark 16, and then it stops at verse 8. Kind of a strange way to end. Now, it is very possible. Who did Mark get his gospel from? Peter. Okay. Okay peter it's very possible that mark or peter actually wrote this and if peter wrote it that mark or someone put it at the end someone looked at it and said that doesn't seem right and they removed it so it wasn't in the early manuscripts the copies that we have um, and then others realized the mistake and put it back in there's any number of explanations to this i am not saying then that we should just cross out these verses in Mark 16. It's just that it probably was not in the original manuscript, all right? And actually, what we find in Mark 16 is a summary from the other Gospels, all right? The road to Emmaus is found in Luke. That's in here. The fact that Mary was the first one, that's in the other Gospels, okay? Okay. The fact that she had demons, what was it, seven, eight, seven demons cast out of her. That's not found in any other passage, but it is found in Luke's gospel chapter eight that demons were cast out of her. Okay, this says very specifically seven demons. So Jesus cast seven demons out of Mary and she became a follower of Jesus at that point. Mark includes that here. There's the Great Commission that we see here. Um, talks about Jesus' appearance. And what it is is a summary. So was this actually in Mark's gospel? We don't know for sure, but it just probably was not. But let me just say this again. None of these additions, none of these artifacts in any way undermine any of the teachings of the New Testament. You just don't. Okay? Now, let me any questions with regard to that? There's actually a couple more that we could look at that he brings up. Um there is one more, and that would be the one that I was referring to when Erasmus said, I don't see anything, any Greek manuscript. So I want to look at that real quickly and then ask if there's any questions okay so turn to 1st John chapter 5 1st John chapter 5 1st John okay Saxon do you have The New King James? Yes. Okay, could you read verses 7 and 8? Does everybody have your Bibles? And you're open to it? Yes, sir. Okay, you're open to that page? Okay, so chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. Read both of them. 7 and 8? Correct. For there are three who bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. Okay. Those of you who have an NIV, did it read differently? Uh, uh, just a little. Okay. So the last part of chapter, excuse me, the last part of verse 7 and the beginning of verse 8. Erasmus said, this is not in any of the Greek manuscripts that I have. But it affirms the Trinity and is actually a, a very solid passage that teaches the Trinity. The Pope said, you need to put that in there. Because if you don't, then what happens to our doctrine of the Trinity? Or it's a very important verse that teaches the doctrine of the Trinity. Well, the honest truth is there are, a, there are hundreds of passages that affirm the Trinity. That is, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are all God, three persons, one God. Okay? Not just this. And so, to be honest, is this in the original? The earliest Greek manuscript that has this is in the 1500s. So, as a result, Erasmus, the Pope, produced that text. What's Erasmus going to say? Look, you had someone copy this, didn't you? That was his suspicion. You had someone copy this. But how are you going to tell the Pope that? Okay. Okay. So with great reluctance, he included it in it. Biza did his work copying what Erasmus' work was, and then Biza's work was on the table where the King James scholars were gathered around those scholars authorized by King James himself, and in 1611, they included that verse as well. But the earliest Greek manuscript is like 1525. Okay? So I need to tell you, there are very few verses like this in which people say, well, the King James has it, but the earliest manuscripts don't. There, are, there is some evidence for it being included, some for it being omitted. What do we do? And so they included it with a little footnote. And the NIV, NASB, RSV, they will put those little footnotes, not in the earliest manuscripts type of thing. Okay. So those are the artifacts. Here's another thing. Now, this might be a little, well, should I even give this? There are times in which a scholar will make a copy but make an error in his copy. Skeptics are going to come to you saying, the Bible is full of copy errors. How many of you have ever heard that reasoning before? The Bible has a ton of copy errors. Well, is that true? I'm going to do a little experiment with you. Okay, I want everybody to pull out a piece of paper. A separate piece from our notes. You could no, it doesn't have to be. Nope. I want you all to copy down what I'm about to say. Okay. I want you I'm going to dictate something to you and I want you to write this down. Okay? You all ready? Do write what you just said down. Nope. You're you're going to write what I'm about to say. Okay. Right now. Here we go. That's exactly what they did. This is the only line that I'm going to repeat. I'm not gonna repeat anything else. Okay, but I just I'm gonna repeat it so you know. So you write it down, Hosanna. That's exactly what they did. You it Here, let me give you a pen. <laughs> I'm gonna repeat this one more time. That's exactly what they did. Do we have to write it down three times. <laughs> the jury came back in less than three hours. They were able to distinguish between evidence and the artifacts comma and they properly kept the cigarette butt in its place as an artifact of the crime scene The Do your best. Are you to repeat or are you not to repeat? Period. They convicted the defendant of murder. Yes. Period. Look up when you're done. Okay, I want you to correct your own work. Spelling is important. I'm going to read it to you, and wherever you wrote something down that's wrong, maybe a word that you repeated twice or a phrase that you repeated twice, a word that you left out, then between the two words that you left the word out, circle that space. A word belongs there, or a phrase belongs there, and you didn't write it down. I'm going to then get to a few words that potentially you misspelled, and if you misspelled a word, I want you to circle it. Yes? If I did a sign for and, instead of writing word and, does that count? Yes. I don't think uh, you, said, you, were, you were talking pretty fast. Was I? I didn't, it? I didn't misspell it. Okay. Yes, you did. Well, it just was it. important that you wrote, not in shorthand, but... Things like this happened as well. Copyists wrote little signs and, you know, signatures, you know, hey, this may be in here, or a little personal thought about that, and they made a little annotation. And then later copyists thought, did did he pull this out? Does this belong in here? Does it not? And so sometimes they included it as if it were scripture, but it's simply the copyist's remark or a word or two. Or maybe what he thought, the copyist thought, the word should be. Because he's looking at the other Gospels saying, well, the other Gospels use a different word here. Maybe that's what, maybe the copyist before me made a mistake. So he's trying to figure out copy errors himself. And he's trying to make, um, correct them. Okay, I'm going to read this to you. You copy your own. Here it is. That's exactly what they did. If you made any mistakes on that line, I will crucify you because I repeated it three times. I hope you spelled the word exactly correctly. E-X-A-C-T-L-E-L-Y. I thought it was Eggs. Yeah. Here we go. The jury came back in less than three hours. Don't keep writing. Don't write. And, and... I'm simply correct. I'm simply rewriting it so that I don't have to say so I I just get a double feel for it. No, no, you don't have to. You don't have to. Just just focus on what you wrote and any corrections. And I did do it fast. And if I let if you miss something, just be honest with yourself. You're not getting graded on this. Okay. Halfway through, you start saying commas or no commas and stuff. Yeah, punctuation. Periods. Um, how many of you put a period after the word uh, after the words they? That's exactly what they did. Yeah. You put a period there? Okay. I, mean, I assumed you would, but when I came to the first comma, I told you to insert a comma. Where was the first comma? Where I told you it was. Uh, I, as a punctuation, I meant like for that, that should have a punctuation because it's that is. So it should have a. Does that. Is forget a that. I a yes, that's. Because I didn't say that is, I said that's. Was there right? a period either hour or something? Yes. I'm sorry? The correct word is T H A T, apostrophe S. If you wrote that is, then it's wrong. Just circle is. No, I mean, if you wrote it without the apostrophe. If you wrote it without the apostrophe, then it's wrong. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm just, I, this is an experiment. You're not getting graded for it. Don't, don't come unglued. You're, you're, you're good students, okay? Is there a period after hours? Yes. The jury came back in less than three hours. They were able to distinguish between the evidence and the artifacts, comma. The artifacts. Yeah. Oh, okay. So if you put it in the singular, it's wrong. Just circle the ending. Well, wait, if I put artifact instead of artifacts, can I add an yes? Nope. You can't add anything. Okay. I want to see how many mistakes you made. Because I'm going to guess that everybody made a mistake. Okay? So, comma after artifacts. And they properly kept the cigarette butt. Cigarette, by the way, is spelled C-I-G-A-R-E-T-T-E. If you misspelled it, circle it. Butt is B-U-T-T. Like butt. No, 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 no. Like butt. Because it's hilarious. Mark is spelling out butt. <laughs> and they properly kept the cigarette butt in its place as an artifact of the crime scene, period. Again, if you misspelled artifact, A-R-T-I-F-A-C-T, if you misspelled that, please circle it. Lastly, by the way, scene is not S-E-E-N. It's S. C-E-N-E. If you misspelled that, circle it. They convicted the defendant of murder. Defendant is spelled D-E-F-E-N-D-A-N-T. If you misspelled it, circle the letter. Uh, can you repeat that again? <clears throat> what was D-E- that? E- D-E-F-E-N-D-A-N-T. Oh. Yeah. D-E-F-E-N-D-A-N-T- Defend and. Okay, how many had mistakes? Raise your hand. Torah, no mistakes? Give me some, girl. All right. Mistakes, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Hello, I want to see that hand raised. I know you made some mistakes. Okay. You all made mistakes? Yeah. I think that you should have been more clear on where the punctuations were. Yes. Because a lot of us must have, almost all my mistakes were on punctuation. Uh, the you periods? Not, you didn't put periods? Periods or commas because you were not... Well, there's there. only one comma, and I did tell you to put a comma there. So the only possibility is periods. Right, and you were not there where to put those. Okay, if if you did not include a period, don't don't consider that a mistake then. Now, here is the disadvantage that you had. I dictated this to you, whereas the copyists would look at it. But the disadvantage the copyists have, and how many of you have ever copied a poem, guys? You copied a poem or a chapter from the Bible, and you duplicated phrases because you lost your place. You rewrote certain phrases or certain words. We do that all the time. And you find that in some of these copies. Now, here is what I will guarantee... If I pulled all nine of your, I'm going to call these manuscripts. What you have in front of you is a copy. It's a manuscript. If I pulled all of them together with all of your mistakes, I can almost guarantee you that I will be able to come up with what's actually written here. Do you you hear what I'm saying? How many mistakes did you make? Not including punctuation, four. Okay. Um, now, I don't know that Torres is perfect. No mistakes. But if I compared, I would say there are four places in which you guys disagree. Okay. Uh, Hosanna, how many mistakes did you make? One mistake. Okay. So now I add Hosanna's and I say, wow, you know, Hosanna's is almost exactly the same as Torres, but there's one difference. And that difference is different than the one that she has. So I would conclude Torah probably does not have any mistakes. You have one because it's in a different place than hers, and she has four. Did you guys understand what I just said? All right. I would be able to do that with all of yours because your mistakes are in different different areas. Some of you may have the same mistake. Two of you may have a mistake in the same place. Say you spelled the word cigarette. Maybe half of you spelled the word. How many of you spelled the word cigarette wrong? Okay, half of you spelled the word cigarette wrong. But I would be able to look at the others and say, you know what, the English word is spelled E-T-T-E, cigar, E-T-T-E. I know that. I'm not going to think that it's some, if you left out a T, I'm not going to think, wow, this is a really strange Greek word. I wonder what this one means, or English word, cigarette. So, I... I, since I already know how the English word cigarette is spelled, I would be able to find out who made the mistake. Okay? See, it's these types of copies, copy mistakes that were made that when they would pull them together, they would be able to find out what the what the errors were and what they weren't. Even though they were copied thousands and thousands and thousands of times, we would still be able to. Now, there might be Some that would slip through the cracks. So here's the reality check. Because of this, because of this ability to compare, less than half a percent of the entire New Testament is in question. And most of those have to do with one letter. Is the word to be plural? Here's one for you. Second Peter chapter two, verse four, says let's see if i can remember it um oh come on now so two, four? yes do you have it Yes. good for you could you read it Now, the word there for dungeons is the Greek word for pits, okay? Jude has a very similar passage to this, except it doesn't use the word pits. It says chains. Now, in the Greek, the difference between the word chains and the word pits is one letter, one letter. So some copyists made some mistakes. Well, there's one letter, I'm writing 2 Peter. Should it be like Jude's? Or should it be like this one that I'm copying from? Is it gloomy pits, or is it chains of gloom? Or chains of darkness, as Jude says? Well, which is it? And so they decided, as they wrote it down, nope, they are different. Even though there's one letter different, it's probably not a copyist error. It could be, but probably not. So it's one letter difference. One means uh, pits or dungeons. The other means chains. But here's the bottom line. Both of these can be proven from Scripture. Satan, when he's bound, he's bound with chains in Revelation 20. So there are such a thing as chains of darkness that bind fallen angels. Okay? Anyway, half less than half a percent in the New Testament, there's little variations like this. It is very rare to see a passage like John and Mark 16. John 8, Mark 16. Those are the only two that are large like that. The rest are very small. And again, none of it does any damage or undermines any teaching or adds to the teaching of the New Testament. Now, here's a reality check. I'm going to read to you what he says at the end of this chapter. So should a skeptic say, but still half a percent is so much, but it does not change any teaching in the Bible. It doesn't change any major teaching in the Bible. Let me read this to you. He says, if we reject the entirety of Scripture simply because it contains artifacts of one kind or another, We had better be ready to reject the ancient writings of Plato, Herodotus, Euripides, Aristotle, and Homer, the Iliad, Homer as well. The manuscripts for these texts are far less numerous. The manuscripts, and I'm going to get into that in just a minute. And they are far less reliable. In other words, they have a whole lot more copy errors than the New Testament does. But have you ever heard of someone throwing Homer's Iliad out? because it has a few copy errors? No. They just say, okay, we can pretty much guess what they are, and if, it, if it's different here or there, it really doesn't matter a whole lot to the story. And with the Bible, it doesn't change any of the major teachings at all. Okay? Um, if we apply the same standard of perfection that some would demand of the Bible to other ancient histories we're going to have to reject everything we thought we knew about the ancient past. Because some of these things, Herodotus, he wasn't a storyteller like Homer. He wrote history, but he has copy errors. So do we throw his whole work out? Much of what he writes, well I don't know if much is a lot of what he writes. He's the only one who writes about in church history. He's the only one who tells us these certain events. Do we just say, okay, we're just going to throw those out? No. They're still valued, even though they may have a few mistakes in them. And same thing with the New Testament. So that little exercise that I gave you, we can be very comfortable with what we have in the Greek New Testament and say this truly is the Word of God. Any differences are so minor, it is inconsequential. Okay? Let me just talk to you a little bit more, last few minutes. Um, I, I talked about Homer's Iliad. Maybe something you didn't know. But does anybody know if we have any, do we have Homer's original Iliad? He actually penned it. Do we have it? No. We don't have anything from caesar's um what are the wars that he wrote about the uh i can't forgive me i can't remember um tacitus the annals he was more of a he was a senator he was a historian we don't have h- any of his originals we don't have any of these originals josephus herodotus none of the originals so here's what they do they say okay Um, Tacitus wrote in 100 AD. He was a Roman centurion. Excuse me, a Roman senator. Historian. He wrote his annals in 100 AD. The earliest existing copy that we have of his work is 1100 AD. That's the earliest. We don't have any of the copies between there. Were there copies between the original writing and 1100? Oh, you better believe there were because they just don't last that long. And people commonly read his work. So there had to be copies out there. But we don't have any of them. 100 AD to 1100. How many years is that of a gap? A thousand years. We have... and. Of the earliest manuscripts of Tacitus, we have only about 20 copies. Let me talk to you about, let's say, uh, Plato. Plato wrote around 300, 400 BC. Actually, I can give you the exact dates. Let's just say 400 BC. It was probably... Maybe 375, regardless. The earliest existing, or what they call extant copy, the early existing copy that we have of Plato's tetralogies is 900 AD. That's 1,200 years of a gap. And we have only seven of them. But do people throw out the tetralogies of Plato? Of course not. They're valuable. Do people think that someone else wrote them? No. Do they think that there are so many errors we should throw the work out? No, even though we have only seven copies and there's a time gap of 1,200 years. How about Homer's Iliad? Homer's Iliad, we actually have 643 copies next to the New Testament. Listen to this next to the New Testament. That's the most copies that we have of an ancient work that we can look at right now. 643. That's a lot. It was written in 900 BC, and the earliest copy we have is 400 BC, 500 years. So for 500 years of it being copied, we have none of those copies. Now listen to this, the New Testament. How many did I say that there were of Homer's Iliad? 643 copies. Do you know how many the New Testament has ancient copies? 24,000 wow. 24,000. How does that compare to 643? It's a whole lot more. Additionally, Homer's Iliad only 500 year time gap. You know the early, you know the the time gap that we have of when the Gospel of John was written and the earliest copy that we have of it's a portion of his manuscript 25 years. 25 years. Of an entire gospel about 120 to 30 years, 200 AD. That's the earliest that we have of the Gospels. That is far and away better, ma- what we call manuscript evidence, for this is absolutely reliable. Far and away better than Homer's Iliad. Homer's Iliad takes second place nothing touches these two and honestly 500 year time gap 643 copies as opposed to 25 years maybe 125 years if you want to talk about the entire Gospel of John and 24,000 copies not even close not even close the New Testament as far as copying reliability is many many times better than any other ancient manuscript. But here's what people do. They trust Homer's Iliad, that it's reliable. This is what Homer wrote, but they want to reject the New Testament. Oh, there's tons of copy errors. There's more copy errors in Homer's Iliad, sorry, per you know page, many more. The monks did a much better job copying than they did with any other work. And Homer's Iliad was considered sacred, believe it or not. So you would want to be really careful. It was like, wow, this is Homer. Now, I'm mentioning this to you because if anyone ever says to you, the New Testament, just like he said, remember as a skeptic, he would say, so many copies, there's so many editions, we just throw it out. Well, if you're going to do that, you have to throw away every ancient manuscript. And consequently, we cannot trust any history that anyone wrote back then because they all do it much worse than the new testament the new so if we compare the new testament with anything else it is many 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 times better preserved and therefore more reliable than any other work any other ancient work okay so i i want to encourage you what you have in front of you that new testament is absolutely reliable, absolutely reliable. Any variations are tiny. They're a word or a letter. Very few are additions like we read with John and Mark. Those are the two biggest, by far and away the biggest, but they don't change any major doctrine in any way. Okay? So I wanted to give this to you. If you ever had any questions, and if anyone ever asked you that, how do you answer it? Your Bible is much more reliable than any other ancient manuscript. Father, thank you for the reliability of your word. I know this was a tough class, and I just pray at least some of this would sink in and that we would be able to walk away with such a confidence in your word. And not only is it reliable, but God, it is authoritative. And I just ask, please continue to speak into our lives with such authority every day, God, through your word in Christ's name.